It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. Okay, Talk LP Podcast fans, we're back. It's Amber again. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we have a special co-host. I think you'll be over there when we when we record this. Melissa Allgood from NBC Universal Studios Hollywood was a guest, now a co-host. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Amber. I appreciate it. <laughs> I did have to drag her into this seat too. So <laughs> thank you for being willing. You know, Dave and I treated you nice. So you had to come back and be a co-host. Special it, it guest today. Oh man, some of the most iconic brands. We were just fangirling out, Marty. Marty Andrews, Vice President of Loss Prevention for VF Corporation. How you doing? I'm doing well. Hey, thanks for having me. So connection with you two Southern California peeps. You guys are feeling no pain out there in Southern California right now. <laughs> 2020's been good to you both, I would say. I don't know. I don't know. That, that's rough. I don't know. I don't know if I can agree. It's been a challenge. Let's say that. <laughs> All right, Melissa, you're, you are on the hot seat first co-host with the number one question. Well, Marty, how did you get to be vice president of VF Corporation, formerly known as Vanity Fair, which I guess we can start with history, right? Yeah. Um, I've been there for last month was 13 years. Um, and I started off as a regional loss prevention manager for the, for the West Coast. Um, and at that time, it was just a Vans position. Um, and then I got the opportunity to leave the department at Vans. And then they did some merging of adding additional brands under me. Um, so then I took the, well, first of all, the, the director of Vans transitioned from the regional loss prevention manager then uh, became the, the senior director and added the North Face and Timberland to my responsibility. And then at the end of 2019, they added all of the brands in North America and then my position was elevated to the vice president level. Dang. Congratulations, that's huge. And the brands you mentioned alone, I mean, we did, we did fangirl a little bit, so. We did. Yeah vans you have timberland we're not trying to get a discount though are we melissa we're not asking you for a discount if you want to throw one our way that's okay it's okay we're just saying i mean if there was a code for north face i i could i i could partake i mean but as but you know rules are rules, rules so are rules. by the rules that we've all signed up for i understand vans does have a friends and family so Ooh. I feel like I feel like we've quickly become a family so yes we have certainly if not you know super tight friends <laughs> okay, Marty, so when we started this, before we hit record, right, we were talking about VF Corporation, and it's like, well, a lot of people know the brands, but they don't necessarily know the corporation, and not, you know, not that there's a ton to say, but what's interesting to me, and hopefully to our audience, is, you know, you were, you were with VF Corporation, you just explained kind of your, you know, assent to all of this responsibility. What is it like um, to work for uh, a company that has such different, they all seem to have a similar theme, but, but different brands. And you were saying that VF Corporation kind of keeps the brands themselves, which is great for the consumer, especially for bands, you know, but, but talk a little bit about that and, and how that, 
how do you deal with that? Like, is it like, okay, a blanket, this is all the same, or you were saying they let them kind of do their thing? It's definitely a challenge. Um, and it's something that I have to give my, my team a pat on the back. When we started to merge brands together, I know other companies have done that. And I heard from a lot of people, like, you can't be successful in that space. Like, you can't do it. Um, and I know why they say that, because it is such a, a big challenge to, to make that happen. Um, all the brands are unique. They're, they're awesome in, in their own way. So we have to adapt to that. Like, I can't go into a van store wearing, wearing Timberlands or they're going to boo me out of the store. So that's cool. I want to see your closet. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's a mess. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's important to, to relate to those brands. Each one of those brands has their own president. They have their own CFO. Um, so with that, you have to adjust and adapt. Um, you know, some things is as easy as putting a skateboard on it and then changing it and putting a mountain on it. Other things you got to peel back the layers a little more and get a little more detail to connect with that brand. Um, of course, the experience level of the employees and the associates vary from brand to brand. Uh, so you have to adjust to that as well. So there's a, definitely a lot of complexities, but I think the thing that it does is it keeps things interesting and fun. Um, and it's not, you know, some people have like, gosh, you've been there 13 years. That's, that's a long time. I don't feel like any of that has been the same. And I've had to wear so many different hats and do so many different things that I can't get bored. And I'm, I'm the type of person that would get bored very easy and easily. And like, what, what is next? Um, so this is, this is an amazing fit for me. It sounds fantastic. It's um, interesting, the history of Vanity Fair Corporation or VF, right? And for those people who are millennials and younger, Vanity Fair was a, a lingerie company, right? Um, and who knew lingerie company could break out and do things like Supreme, Vans, North Face, Timberland, Af Ultra, I think, Ultra is the uh, shoe brand. Yep. Yep. Oh, great shoe, by the way. Um, oh, you're a runner, are you? Oh, trail runner. Yep. Mm -hmm. All so, right. Yeah, North Face. I yeah, totally. He's get still it. digging on that discount, Marty. I don't know if we're gonna get her. <laughs> it it is just, a nice perk too, right? You get all those brands, and then you you, you get a discount I, on a lot of places. So I can only imagine. How does it? You know, you're so you're talking about a circle of influence. You know, with regards to maybe you have direct oversight, but in the world of presidents, it's more of a collaboration. I would assume. What are some of the key things that you've learned from, you've collaborated with so many different that would be good for LP practitioners who may be in a position of working for a company that does a lot of acquisitions of very high profile brands? Good question. You definitely have to figure out what makes them tick and figure out how you can connect to them. Um, and, you know, it's no secret, like some professionals are very pro LP some are like, this is just a function that I have to have to make my business survive. Uh, so you have, to, you have to adapt your approach to be able to connect with them um, and, and get them to see things. Um, and I think that happens, you know, this, this pre-COVID space, like going to stores and traveling is, is so important and something that we're really missing now because walking into a store with anyone that's operation-minded or, or president or whoever it is, you're immediately going to see what their vision of the store is and what matters to them and what's important to them. And if you can put your mission behind what they're trying to accomplish, it, it goes that much, much, that much faster. 
seems like more your perspective is more partnership than look, I'm telling you it's my way or the highway. I'm corporate, right? So, <laughs> so thinking about that, and, and you brought up a good point about the no travel. Like when I don't see people, I start getting paranoid, you know, like, man, they're not returning my email. Wonder if they're mad. Wonder if I pissed them off somehow. And you're like, okay, everybody just relax for a second. Everybody's busy now dealing with their seven-year-old that's homeschooling, right? So what's my point? The point is, um, is there a, is there a way that you found better than others to connect? I mean, is it are, are you having to do more now? Phone calls, video calls, like since we can't travel, it doesn't seem like we'll be traveling for a while. Like, what is that like? Because it's I'm always like, man, out of sight, out of mind, and the and and especially from an LP perspective, you know, slipping on those standards of EAS or source tag, you know, whatever it is, like, um, how, how have you maintained that connection? Uh, well, I've looked at myself a lot on uh, video conferences more than I, than I care to of any other time in my career for, for sure. So, um, you know, I think most of us really had to call an audible in 2020 and many of those things that were important and missions that we were working on or, or strategies that we built uh, we kind of had to shove those to the back burner and take care of the, the task at hand. Uh, you know, all of our stores shut down at, at one point. Um, that's our lifeline, right? So how do, how, do we, how do we figure out how to add value? So we were heavily involved with getting safety uh, supplies, hand sanitizer, masks, all those things, making sure that they're getting distroed to the stores. And of course, the stores didn't open at the same time. So I learned a lot of different components of, of the business. And I learned that a lot of the things that we do in loss prevention trans, translate to other areas of the business. Like we just used logic and reasoning um, and some common sense kind of in there and, and, and sprinkle that in there. So it's created whole new spaces and committees and, and meetings. And I feel like I've actually been able to get closer to a lot of business people, but I haven't been able to pull the lever of accomplishing my loss prevention mission necessarily, but I think it's been a good space to, to get along with people. As much as I, I miss, the, I mean, what's kept me in LP is the, the job is different all the time, right? Like in, we discussed all the businesses and brands. So I, I'm all over the place dealing with different stuff. And now my week is so regimented. I'm at home. I have the same meetings on the same day each week. So it's been a real challenge. Um, I'm not an overly extroverted person, but I like human interaction and communication and stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm striving for that. Um, but I, it'll be interesting to see once we get out of this space, those relationships that you have developed in this unique space, how, how we can leverage that to accomplish some of the things that we want to do. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, one of the things you, you brought up, we, we were sp speaking about earlier, was having to see that civil unrest happening to what we called our, our babies, right? Our stores out in the field. And that discussion that we had was so, um, I felt the same way you did and I didn't even see what you were describing. Um, it was getting me upset and it's not even mine, but I know the feeling and to talk about really that ownership that we have to the operation, to the business. And I know sometimes it doesn't come across like that to other entities within the company but we really do feel like it's ours, right? And so really going back to talking about what you were witnessing and 
you know, how you had to deal with that when it was happening in real time, which is crazy. I, I think to be successful in this business, we have to take things personally, right? Like, like we have to. That's but cool. I love that. You yes. hit, so sorry to interrupt you, but it's so many times people go, it's not personal, it's business. And I was like, if it's not anything, can it at least be personal? You know, I mean, we're pouring our, we're here more than we are with our families. So why can't it be personal? I love that, Marty, you go. So, but, but there's a line to that, right? Like you can't, you, you can't get consumed by it, but you, you have to care, right? And, and this is the same thing I tell the people in the stores is I want you to get upset and I want you to care when someone comes in and steals something but we can't go out and, and chase them and, and put the company in a liability and put your safety in. So that personal and that care, there's, there's a runway for, for that. Um, but it, it, as far as the, the civil unrest stuff, I mean, yeah, we, we take it personal. Someone puts a few items in the bag, maybe they swipe the, the front table, but to sit here um, as I did remotely and watch on video, um, you know, our stores just get destroyed and people coming in and out and taking product for hours um, was a difficult thing to, to see. And then, you know, covering the United States, it started on the East Coast and I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden Chicago, and then I'm like, okay, we got through Chicago. And then uh, where I'm from, the great Northwest, Seattle and, and, and Portland and, and California. So it was a long uh, couple days. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a, a rough thing to see, something that I didn't think I would ever have to witness or, or, or deal with. Um, so that, that's changed things as well. You know, we're looking at um, and putting in different solutions for how we're going to keep our stores safe. We have a lot that are in downtown areas, street stores that have um, a lot of vulnerabilities to them. So we're trying to plug them, them up. Um, Again, there, there was a situation in, in August, which kind of led to the same thing. So it kind of feels like uh, when something happens, this is a place we're going to go to. Um, so again, talking about what strategies I had before and now what's moved to the, to the forefront. This is one of those things is keeping those, those street stores uh, as safe as we can. Okay, let's shift gears a little bit to, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's interesting to me, you know, in interviewing folks like yourself and Melissa is that you look back at their career, right? And some folks jump around, you know, to different uh, companies, which, you know, back in the day, right? It's like, don't do that. Now it's like commonplace. Millennials are like, see ya, and it's fine. It's all fine, right? But, you know, some stay, right? And, and navigate the internal ladder, what advice would you give our audience, you know, for those that are more apt to, to follow your path, right? Where they stay, you know, what, what has made you successful in, you know, clearly you have been, you know, you started out, you paid your dues and, and you, you do have that title um, that a lot of people covet. So what advice would you give our audience to, if that, if they're a stayer, and they want to move up that rank. Is there political, you know, things you got to do or like, what would you say? I, I think, I mean, in the beginning of my career, I started off as an, as an agent catching shoplifters and I, I didn't stay at my first two companies at an extended time. And then I was at Nordstrom for eight years and I've been here for 13 years. So definitely not someone who, who jumps around, but I think, 
you you go to a place that uh, is a good fit for you first of all, and then you start your they're valuing you and they're they're giving you what you need to grow in in advance. And if you're you're not getting that, I think you you have to look at other opportunities. Um, you know, Nordstrom was, was a, a great place and I learned a ton uh, while I was there and I wouldn't be where I'm at today without them. But I knew that I got to a point where, um, you know, I had a, a tremendous amount of advancement and opportunities there. And then I felt like it kind of coming uh, to an end and all my experience was big box. And I was always intrigued by specialty. Uh, so I kind of started looking and I was wearing, you know, Nordstrom suit and tie to work. I go to interview at Vans and they're wearing jeans and a t-shirt and people are skateboarding down the hall. And I'm like, sign me up for this. I'm, I'm <laughs> That's a nice change. Uh, yeah, very, very dramatic, uh, uh change, but I, I think you, you just have to trust, um, you know, I have a, had a lot of great mentors. So bouncing ideas off of them. Uh, there's there's risk with everything. I mean, there were definitely people that questioned, like, you know, you're you're a regional manager at Nordstrom, like you're going to work at at Vans Shoes, like is is that a good idea? Um, so if you ask too much, you'll get too many too many different opinions. But I think you just gotta kind of trust your your gut and uh, make sure that you're getting what you need to grow in, in advance. That's good advice. Yeah, calculated risks, right, Marty? Calculated yeah. risk. Yeah, makes sense. Um, with regards to COVID, right? So we've had some dramatic, I would say, financial disopportunities occurring <laughs> across the um, landscape of every business model. No one's been left untouched, either in a positive or negative way. Most of it's been negative. Um, you know, as a practitioner and as a vice president, you know, coming from being in management ranks and rising up, what advice would you give to people who are going up that ladder, even within the company, about knowing about the financials of their company? Because I know back in the day, it really wasn't something loss prevention knew about too much because we were busy on the front lines battling shoplifters and employees, not really knowing about the P&L or the reporting that comes out, right? Um, as you move up to the ranks, it does become more important, but do you, have anything in particular that you would give as advice or say absolutely or anything about that? Because I'm feeling like that's something that we don't discuss enough in the industry today. If I'm understanding the question correctly, I think we have to constantly look at how we add value in this, in this space. Cause yeah, right. Time, times are, times are tough. There, there's definitely a, a lot of unknowns. And as I spoke to earlier, like our stores were shut down. Um, so what, what are we going to do? Like I had a tremendous travel budget that we, we haven't used this year. So someone very well is going to question, uh, what, what is your team, what is your team doing? They, they spend so much time traveling and, and spending travel money. How have they been? And I'm prepared to, to answer those questions. And, and I think we're doing a great job of marketing and showing what we're doing in, in this space. Um, you know, we, it, it's challenged status quo and, and some of the things that we did, uh, the way that we did them uh, didn't make sense. And I'm definitely not change averse. I want to be smarter tomorrow than I, than I am today. So I like that those moments where someone comes with a new idea and we're like, why don't we do it like this all, all along? Um, and we've, we've definitely had some of those moments. And, you know, once we get to the other side of this, we're not going to go 
go back to exactly doing things the, the way that we did. The, the benefit of not running around and jumping on planes is we have a little more desk time for, for the field folks and we can, we can call the, the, the police officer an extra time or the detective work in the case and kind of be the squeaky wheel. And we've really been able to uh, focus on some of the ORC things and, and, and things that, you know, quite frankly, we just didn't have the, the space to, to do it. So you yeah. feel like it's brought some change, some like long-term change to your organization as far as how you're going to run it going forward? Definitely. And, and I, would, I would consider it to be positive change, um, you know, it, smarter, smarter decisions that we're making. Okay, switching gears, last question. Uh, if you had to pick like one loss prevention tool in your toolbox, um, what would it be that you would say, you know, by far, I can't do my job without this? You know, it could be technology, it could be the state of mind, I don't know. Um, like if, they, if there is one thing that you said, hey, you know, this makes it doable. Is there anything that comes to the top of your mind? And it doesn't have to be just with BF Corporation, but other, other places you've worked that said, yeah, man, this, this was it. This really helped me get there. Well, I've worked at places with, with great technology and other places uh, with definitely technology challenged. Um, and I think you can, you can still make a difference and an impact in, in that non-technology environment. So I would say it would go back to something that we talked earlier, which is partnerships and relationships with folks. Like that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to do things. Um, I mean, the, the cops and robbers, the way I started is, is I'm sure it exists somewhere out there, but it, it, in my opinion, it, it should be gone. Um, I, I, live through the, the transition of loss prevention. Like, what are they doing? They're in that weird dark room and I, I, I don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden they're, they're running out and someone's in handcuffs and going to jail. And then the walls came down and we started to work smarter as professionals. And we went out and we talked to our department managers and our sales folks and like, hey, these are the behaviors we need you to look for. These are the actions and, and things. These are actually like your high loss items and, and, and started to work in a partnership. And I've seen it at multiple places. The shrink results just go down and down and down. We, we like to kid ourselves and think that LP, like, hey, we, we can stop it all. Um, but if we build that network and that partnership and, and start working together, that's really where we see um, our results happen. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting because you think about, and you say, you talk about this a lot, Melissa, too, you know, it's like, you don't need, well, it's not that you don't need, but technology, I've asked this question to a lot of people, and technology is not necessarily like the first thing, which is interesting, you know, because that's like you guys live this in your gut, you know, it wasn't you, Melissa, talking about curiosity. So she was going through the, the tape, the register tape, matching up the transactions, Marty, you remember those days. I, I was there. I, I mean, when I first started, we didn't, I mean, the, the company that I started with was very behind. We didn't have uh, cameras. We had a camera for internal investigations, um, but I walked the floor. Um, that's what I did for, for eight hours a day. You know, we had some little vents and stock rooms and things like that, but that's what you did. And 
it was a great way to learn because then when I transitioned and went to cameras, it, it was, it was easy because you were literally having people shoplift right around you. And then you, you started to work with these people that were around cameras their whole time. They're like on the radio, I'm burned, I'm burned. They, they know who I am. And I'm like, you're not wearing a uniform. They don't know. Um, so you'd go out on the floor and, and, and just knew how to work that and, and, and blend in. So you just make it work with the tools that you have. Sure, I go to the conferences and, and things like that and see all this great technology and hear about these robust budgets that, that some companies and departments have. And of course, I'm, I'm jealous, I, I, I can't lie. Um, but you, you, you weave that in and, and sell that to the, the business and, and get what you can get and make it work. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so a la Dave Thompson, I have to ask about the football. He would know who that is. Who is that? Is that Melissa? Do you know? In the background, I can see it, but you're a fan. Are you? Is that a Seahawks? <laughs> is that is a it Seahawks? Seahawks? Yeah, I mentioned that. So Seahawks fan. Yeah. How about originally, that? That's originally where I'm from, so I've I've stayed true. I had to get out of the rain and get some sunshine. So I think I've been down here like 19 years now, but I still go back and visit lots of family and, and friends there. So it's legitimate. That is a legitimate fanship right there. Yes. Love that. And if you need <laughs> if you need any proof, I'm happy to provide it to anyone. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you got a lot going on there. That's good yeah. stuff. Well, Marty, thank you so much for stepping into the Talk LP podcast hot seat. And Melissa, all good. Thank you for stepping in as our co-host today. All right. You can always follow us on Twitter at Let's Talk LP. Blow us up on there. We wouldn't mind. Also, download the Talk LP news app. Why wouldn't you do that? It's breaking lots of prevention headlines right in the palm of your hand. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and watching. And we will see you next time. See ya. Cast, cast, cast. No one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.